Do you know I'm a bit of a science nerd and not the same kind of science nerd as Chris is? I'm not a big Star Trek fan, but I will say I do like it uh, when we can see something up in the sky at night uh, other than light pollution. I'm hoping that uh, this week will be uh, a good one for stargazing or at least looking up at the moon. The Earth's only natural satellite, it will have two impressive encounters with star clusters this week. And here to talk about those impressive encounters and how we can get our peepers on them, Paul Delaney, AM640 expert in astronomy, also a member of the Faculty of Science at York University. And since we've had him on the show a few times, and he's always done such a great job, I think we can call him a friend of the show. Paul? Happy to be called a friend of the show, Kelly. Well, thanks for being here, Paul. I'm happy that you're okay with that moniker. Let's talk about what's going on tonight, November the 7th. Well, if we can blow some clouds away, that that's the first thing. In astronomy, you've got to be very patient because the weather is a pain on occasions. However, if it does clear tonight, we have the opportunity for the moon to be occulting a star, well, a star cluster. Uh, it's Messier Object 35 this evening. And what that basically means is that as the moon is moving across the sky, it rises in the east, sets in the west, but it actually moves with respect to the background stars. So if you're outside, say, with a nice pair of binoculars, you'll see the moon's uh, advancing limb get closer and closer to a whole series of stars in an open cluster called M35. Now, it's not happening until quite late, later in the evening, so don't try and do it right at uh, sunset, Mm -hmm. but later in the evening, you'll have this chance. And, you know, it's the opportunity for you to see both the motion of the moon as well as to get a really good glimpse of a nice open cluster. Oh, that's interesting. So basically what we're looking at is a star cluster that stays stationary, and you'll watch the moon uh, go past it? You got it. That's right. Showing the moon's orbital motion. Everything is moving. I mean, people don't realize, or at least they probably are not conscious of, the fact that the Earth is spinning at like about 1,500 kilometers an hour on its axis. We're moving around the sun at about 30 kilometers per second. And the moon, in and amongst all that, is moving in its orbit as well. So there's lots and lots of motion. Tonight uh, is an opportunity for you to see some of that in action. All right. What's the best time for viewing for something like that? Uh, Well, go out and find the moon. That's Mm -hmm. pretty easy. uh, And it's rising tonight. Oh, I didn't check. But I think it's rising around about 8.30, 9 o'clock. So uh, in the eastern horizon. And then as literally it is uh, rising, you will see it very close to the constellation of Gemini, Gemini, uh, the twins. And that is where you will find M35. So literally, get your binoculars, have a look towards the moon, and you'll see a little cluster of stars very close to the moon, and as the time progresses, it's going to run them over. That's interesting. On November the 10th, Friday, the moon's going to be near what they're calling a beehive cluster. What's the difference behind, you know, between a beehive cluster and a star cluster? Just what, well, just what the name is. Uh, it looks a little bit like a beehive. You've got to have a good imagination in astronomy, Kelly, because mm-hmm. I don't see the beehive. But nonetheless, it's... Hey, messier. I don't even see Orion, so I hear what you're saying. <laughs> messier Object 67 is the name of this cluster. Messier, uh, Charles Messier was an observer in the late 18th century who was scanning the guy looking for comets, and he kept running across these open clusters and globular clusters, things that weren't just single stars. And he got so annoyed at coming across these things, he started a catalog. So the 110 brightest non-stellar objects in the night sky bear his name. So M67 is just another open cluster. It's a little more open, a little less compact than M35 is, 
cluster. But nonetheless, it is still an open cluster, meaning it's about a billion years old or thereabouts. It's relatively young in astronomical terms, but the moon is going to do the same thing, except that you've got to be up a whole lot later to do this. So this one is around about one thirty, two o'clock in the morning before you get a really good uh, shot at well, it. Well, that's okay because it's Friday. Uh, yeah, well, fair enough. You I'm know, glad this positive attitude. stumbling home from the bars, <laughs> looking up at the sky. Being careful. But it's exactly the same thing. You'll see the idea of the moon's orbital motion playing out as it moves across these stars sequentially, occulting stars steadily. And if you really want to hang in there for uh, two or three hours, those stars will pop out the other side. So they mm. go in one side and out the other as the moon carries on its motion across the Will sky. you have people at York U watching this? Uh, at this point in time, they're busy doing other projects because it's the term time and they've got very specific things that they need to do. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, I don't think anybody will actually be watching these because <laughs> they're busy doing their other schoolwork. However, right. it, these are neat things. And they sure they are. They're having a drinking watching party, you know. <laughs> They happen often enough during mm. the course of the year. So for these particular objects, no, it's just the wrong time of the year for term time projects for them to be engaged. I understand that it's the right time of the year, November. We don't think about meteor showers, you know, other than in the summer when you're lying out on the grass. But we've got some meteor showers coming up this this uh, month. And mm-hmm. what can we look forward to? Well, the one that I would recommend people keep an eye on is the Leonid meteor shower. There are meteor showers that happen, as you say, all throughout the year. The Perseids in August is the one that most people remember because it's nice and warm and you can mm-hmm. be outside. Uh, November and the Leonid meteor shower, November 17th and 18th, it's a little colder outside, but it's darker and the skies tend to be a little bit cleaner and clearer. So mm-hmm. this is actually one of my favorite ones. It's not as big a display, a natural fireworks display, if you will. It's not as big as the Perseids, but it is still a pretty good one uh, as the Earth runs across the debris trail of a comet called Swift Tuttle. Uh, and so anybody who wants to be outside, this is again a late night affair, so around midnight or later. The good thing this year is that the moon's not going to get in the way. The moon will be basically new at that time, so there'll be no contamination, no light pollution of a natural sort in the night sky. So that makes the Leonids stand out just that little bit more this year. So look towards the east, uh, eastern horizon after midnight, Get yourself nice and comfortable, fully dark adapted, in a nice, safe location like your backyard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have your favorite thermos of whatever nearby. And literally just look at the night sky and watch for those shooting stars. Uh, The Leonids has a habit of showing some really nice, bright bolides where there are slightly larger particles hitting the Earth's atmosphere, and they really do put up a good display. That's great news. Thanks so much, Paul. I appreciate your time today. Anytime, Kelly. All right, cheers. That's Paul Delaney, who is the AM640 expert in astronomy, clearly also a member of the Faculty of Science at York University. Um, Let's hope that there's going to be a clear night tonight because it would be cool to watch uh, the moon go past that star cluster if you have the time or the inclination. Your next opportunity for something like that Friday night.